Dave Ray, Communications Director for FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform, joins us. There's been a lot of activity around the immigration issue, not only at the border, but roundups and uh, reaction to those roundups throughout the country. And he's here to tell us about that. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Newell, good to be with you again. Hope all is going well in your area. Well, we got finally got pain in the derriere, Barry, out of the state of Louisiana, and now, he, now he's uh, wreaking and, havoc in northern states. And you didn't get the two feet of rain they were afraid you were going to get. Thank, thankfully, we did not. Yep. We, we were yep, very indeed. fortunate in that respect. So, Dave, uh, you know, we had this little five-day hiatus uh, dealing with the storm, kind of disconnected mm -hmm. on national news. A lot going on relative to immigration. Right. Well, you know, just yesterday, uh, the president uh, put forth an order that would uh, completely change the dynamics behind the border crisis, the humanitarian and national security crisis that we've been experiencing at the border. Uh, it is called a safe third party rule, which means that anyone who is thinking about coming to the United States or thinking who is fleeing their country because they are claiming to be persecuted by their government must ask for political or ask for asylum in the first safe country where they arrive. What that means in shorthand is that people from Central America uh, would have to ask for political asylum in another Central American country or in Mexico, and that their claims upon arrival at our borders would be rendered uh, uh, illegitimate unless they were able to show that they had asked for asylum in Mexico and Mexico had turned them down. Obviously, Noel, the whole premise behind asylum is I'm fleeing for my life from my government. I've been personally selected out for persecution by my government based on my race, ethnicity, national origin, or what have you, and then I'm seeking you know, safe haven here. If that is the case, then the first safe country where they arrive in should be where they request their asylum stay. And so this would, I mean, this this is is not all that could have been done. Obviously, Congress needs to close the loopholes that it has still yet to close. But the president, once again, is doing everything in his arsenal to try to address the crisis at the border uh, without any help from legislators here in Washington. Dave, he did this by executive order? It's not an executive order. It's a new rule. It's a Just rule a proposal rule. through the Department of Homeland Security, um, and it would uh, amend a current process by which people apply for asylum in the U.S. So, uh, you know, obviously we have been saying for quite some time now that Congress needs to close the loopholes that are making this uh, this possible. I mean, you know, here we have all of these Central Americans walking through Mexico. Mexico has offered them asylum. They've turned it down. When they're interviewed publicly, they openly admit that they're coming here for economic reasons. They arrive at the border. They ask for political asylum, even though they've been in a safe third country, Mexico, usually for several months. And then once they're, you know, they make sure they arrive with a child so they can't be detained for more than 20 days. And then they, uh, you know, are released into the interior of the country. You know, uh, their arrests have, have um, arrests at the border for asylum claims have risen threefold in the last 10 years. 
Uh, it is really putting the it, it, main, it, it continues to keep uh, border patrol and uh, everyone at the border who's trying to house and take care of the needs of these people in the midst of a humanitarian crisis. Mexico is is trying has said that it's going to uh, do its best to to patrol its southern and northern border, but it's really too early to see if that's having any real impact. So, Dave, I'm going to go, like, way out on the limb here. Okay. Uh, th th this ends up in court. Oh, in a New York minute. <laughs> I mean, honest, honestly, it was uh, – it's a great idea. Um, when will it actually take uh, – I, I do believe the president and uh, – uh, his administration has the right to make these changes. Fair applauded the changes. These are much needed. Obviously, it was forced on the president because Congress is sitting on its hands. But with that said, they are going to shop this into a Ninth Circuit court, and it'll be probably, you know, slapped down within a New York minute, and we will be right back to where we started from. But at least the president, I mean, regardless of what you think about the current state of the border, which it is truly in shambles right now. Uh, he is not uh, short on any new ideas or any new approaches. He's really using every tool in his arsenal to fight this problem while also fighting Congress. So it's Well, not the, true the true irony, as you know it, a lot of what he has proposed are some of very similar to the rules that are applied to U.S. citizens when traveling abroad. Right. Right, and and the rules that apply to Canadians. Uh, if anybody flies into Canada seeking political asylum, they can't instead jump to the United States from Canada and ask for asylum. We have safe third-party agreements with Canada. The president's trying to work one out with Guatemala, which would basically, um, you know, negate a lot of the claims coming, the fraudulent claims coming from further south in Central America. But certainly Mexico uh, has offered itself as a safe third country, offered these folks asylum. They snub their nose at it, and they continue their, their journey north, not because they're fleeing persecution by their government, but they're simply looking for the country where they're going to do the best economically, which is fine, but you can't use our asylum laws to do that. If that's what you yeah. seek, then you should come here, uh, apply, and wait your turn in line as a legal immigrant. We don't have any problem with well, people coming here to make a better life for themselves. They just can't game themselves into the country. And I, I want to talk about that when we come back, about whether or not they are truly gaining a better life for themselves. There's a new report okay. in California that came out. Right. And the results are ugly. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, what is the motivation of California leaders in creating a sanctuary state and uh, actually encouraging illegal immigrants to come to their state? Right. I can't seem to figure it out. Maybe you have some observations. We'll be right back after the break. This is Newell on WWE. We're back with Dave Ray, Communications Director for the Federation for American Immigration Reform. You know, Dave, when you allow uh, millions of folks in that are poor um, and they come in with an illegal status, uh, mm -hmm. they don't, they're not educated, they have no capital, they're not speaking English. Uh, when you add all of that up, I mean, it, it, it's not really the ingredients of a nice gumbo or jambalaya of success. No. 
And the California Latino Economic Institute conducted a study and issued a 43-page report that uh, talks about the struggle of Latinos to keep up with white and Asian American residents. Right. It was interesting. They they didn't even compare them to African Americans in California. And you talk about minimalizing someone. They said because um, they're much too small a part of the state's population. So we're not going to even talk about that. Right. Um, and they go on to say almost every problem that elected officials have struggled to solve have act for Latinos have actually gone in the opposite direction they didn't make it better they've made it worse yeah and these statistics are incredibly alarming now what i find just completely and totally disingenuous is one because of these failures everybody else who happens for the most part to be of white face that gets the blame is xenophobic or racist because of these outcomes right and when you start from where most are starting from, and we know the frailties and the breakdowns of our systems because we're not providing well for our own in the first right, what makes us believe we're going to get it right this time? Well, you know, you can't talk about how Latinos are faring in California without looking at illegal immigration, which is an, is the single largest demographic force in California. I mean, California is the epicenter of illegal immigration. One in five illegal aliens in the entire country lives in California. 21% of the nation's total illegal alien population at a cost of $17 billion annually to the state. Now, you add to that this kind of open borders, leftist, woke mentality that is displayed by not only California, but Oregon and Washington. You know, California is a sanctuary state, and that it has all but uh, thrown the welcome mat out to future illegal immigration, as if it can't get enough. One in five isn't enough. And it seems like it is, you know, bending over to meet this leftist orthodoxy uh, without really considering the impact on its current residents. You know, when you think about arriving in a state that's one of the most expensive states to live in, uh, with very little education, with very little English language skills, with no work documents, uh, with low level of education, and you're trying to make it. Is it any wonder that half of immigrant households are on some form of public safety, uh, are on some sort of uh, public uh, assistance? It is. Uh, uh, it boggles the mind that California would would move forward and embrace its sanctuary status and, you know, by and large, encourage more illegal immigration when those illegal aliens and legal immigrants who are in California uh, are faring so poorly. It truly is a sad situation. It has nothing to do with racism uh, or little to do with racism on one part. It has a lot to do with uh, people arriving in a very high-tech High information state with very low levels of skills, uh, no English ability, and low uh, earning possibility. The, the very reason why you, the president, his administration, and many others talk about economic credentialing uh, in coming to this country. 
This right. report revealed that Latinos have double the poverty rate of white Californians and less than half the growth in household income over the last two decades compared with Asian Americans. Right. Latinos have a median income of $37,000 less than Asian American groups. The gap in comparison to whites is even larger. Right. Eighty percent of Latinos in California don't earn enough money to buy a home. Mm -hmm. We know about the cost of home ownership in California. Right. You know, many are struggling to become homeowners, but because they have relatively low-wage-paying jobs, half, 50 percent of whom work in service and office support, they'll never get there. Right. Never, well, Neil, ever get there. Yeah. No, what we have to also remember is that California is not only home to one-fifth of the nation's illegal immigrant population, it's also home to many of the nation's legal immigrants. And because we don't have a merit-based immigration system whereby we're selecting people with the skills and talents that they need to come here and to... Uh, farewell in the United States. We uh, in, instead we're selecting people based on family relationships. A lot of the legal immigrants are coming here and falling flat on their face as well. I mean, 25% of our legal immigrants don't even have a high school diploma, and you can see quite clearly how they're doing in California. Absolutely, Dave Ray, Communications Director, Fair. Thanks so much for your time. We you really appreciate you. Good to be with you, my friend. Okay, man. Take care. We'll be right back.